right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Cinemania World Podcast. My name is Dwayne, of course, and today, tonight's show, our final show of 2018, is our best movies of 2018 show, our top 10 movies of 2018. I'm joined by Cinemania editor James from the Cinemania page. James, what's going on? What's going on? How are you? Good, good. And I am joined from the uh, film Twitter world and YouTube. I am joined by Tyler Calvert. Tyler, what's up? Welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going? I'm glad to be here once again. Yeah, it was supposed to be a huge... Load of people, but everyone got sick, including myself. But I'm fighting it out. <laughs> Let's to get be honest. This show the best done. three are here. Let's be honest. <laughs> the best three are here. Fighting it out to get this show done because, like, I've missed so much shows I had to do this weekend. I've been in bed since yesterday morning. Uh, but we are here. James and I just did our overlooked movies of 2018 show, as well as our worst movies of 2018 show. Some fun uh, list right there. Yeah, we had a good time talking about those. So, but now we are here with movies that we can all be happy about and enjoy and celebrate. And these are the movies we had. I believe we had a really, really good year this year as far as for film. If anyone has said that it's been a bad year for film, I thoroughly disagree. I think it's been a good year. And stuff like that. So I'm so excited to get to get going. Uh, before we get into our top tens and stuff like that, we'll do it how we did the other shows, where we'll all just go down the list of our ten to six, and then we'll go through our five to twos, and then we'll all say our our um, number one movies of the year. But before we start, we can get get in some honorable mentions. So Tyler, if you have any honorable mentions, what are they? I have a couple. I don't have like super crazy amount. I think uh, technically I have like seven or so but uh right. one of them one of them is uh, american animals that's a film i thought was really underrated kind of under the radar you know it's I heard that was those... good actually yeah i mean it's 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 not like amazing by any standards but it's it really right. it's really definitely i'd categorize it in the underrated films because i mean i really enjoyed it because i mean it was just a really fun film you know kind of like a heist film blake jenner evan peters you right. know the one I forget which one it was from Dunkirk, but he was the kid from Dunkirk that was also in the Killing of a Sacred Deer. Um, Barry Cohen. Yeah, as I say, because it's say those all three of them together were really fun in the movie. But right. other than that one, uh, Ready Player One is on oh, my honorable mentions. Yeah. Nice, same. I really enjoyed that as well. It was one of those things though with Ready Player One. Like I thought it was like a really strong contender for the longest time. Like it was in my top ten for so yeah, many same. months. But then shit came out. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing, because it came out so early in the year, and yeah, it, stuck, yeah. it stuck around for so long. Right. And it, I mean, I love the film, you know, obviously the nostalgia is strong with that film, you know, all the fun Easter eggs you can have in that, and Tyler Sheridan did a really great job in that as well, but yeah. it's like, as the year went on, it just got farther and further down on my list, but uh, Black Panther is on my honorable mentions, actually, mm-hmm. as well. I mean, that's that film speaks for itself. I mean, it's definitely... I think I enjoyed it the second most of the MCU films that came out this year. Obviously, we'll get into my other, the other one that I enjoyed much more later on in the podcast. But right. really like Black Panther overall. Chadwick Boseman did a really great job, and Michael B. Jordan was, of course, in a very amazing villain. Oh yeah, he's great. Yeah, he made it to our he made it to our supporting actors list for the awards. Yeah, that's um, right. Yeah, he was great. Uh, okay, um, James, what do you got for honorable mentions, my dude? I have a lot. That's a fine, lot. dude. I have, I have a, literally, I have twenty 
honorable yeah. mention, but I'll I won't I won't <laughs> dive into them all. I'll just say them. But yeah, so yeah, gonna, same, same here. So I have a, I a tough, couple more. I, I got have a couple a more, list. but like I don't need to explain any of them. Other, other yeah, than... you could you can say it. Like um, yeah, um, uh, yeah. James, if you want to say yours, uh, yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna, s- I'm gonna save a few for um for later just to build suspense. <laughs> um. But Overlord was one that I really enjoyed. Oh, I, that was fun. that was a blast. Yeah. Um, I see that super fun. Almost made my top ten, but didn't. Um, Bumblebee. Bumblebee. Yep. Ralph okay. breaks the internet. Black Klansman. That's eighth all mine. Eighth grade. Um, eighth the grade what? was one. Oh, eighth grade. Eighth grade. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Widows Creed two. Blind yep. Spotting. That's Mandy. all mine. Like, our um, listing is going to be literally like point, like literally like spitting image because <laughs> like <laughs> a lot of the listing you're saying, I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful okay. boy, boy erased. Um, Love, Simon and Instant Family were two that I really, really, really tried to get on my top ten list because I <clears throat> those were two movies that I wasn't expecting a lot or actually thought were going to be bad uh, in the case of Instant Family. And I walked out of them really feeling a lot of emotion just really in love with both movies um and the the last two honorable mentions i'm going to um leave to build suspense (laughs) yeah i mean those are all really great ones i mean i mean like you said a couple of the ones i had you know like i said i hadn't said earlier like blind spotting black klansman the only other the only other ones i really had i might as well just say them now so i don't have to really build suspense but the other (laughs) other the other the other two honorable mentions i had that were like just a notch below you know, they're yeah. like literally like 12 and 11 where yeah. Annihilation, because Annihilation is one of those films that's very divisive where like you really, yeah. really, really enjoy it or you just like hate it completely because it's, right. you know, it's one of those kind of experiences. But I'm on the, the team that really liked Annihilation, not only just like visually, but I think everybody in that film actually pretty, gave a pretty strong performance, you know, Natalie Portman, Tessa yeah. Thompson, all them. I thought they were really great. I'm also just a really big Alex Garland fan because I mean, I like Ex Machina. But, oh yeah, huge fan of Ex Machina. But Same. that was really great, and also right, like this is li- like literally as I was making my list, like it was in my, it was at ten for a really long time, and it was uh, you were never really here. Oh yeah, nice. yeah, that was actually that was actually nice. in my um overlooked of the year list. Yeah, it's uh, it was yeah, so great. Walking really Phoenix just blew me away with that movie, and Lynn right. Lynn Ramsey. Lynn Ramsey deserves a lot more credit than she's probably going to get in the award uh, the award season for this film because I think it's going to be overlooked a lot, unfortunately. Yeah, that's exactly what I, said. I totally of, um, agree. A, a lot of people, a, a lot of people were bummed not to see her in our um, director of the year list for the awards, but it, it um that listing went by Pete like movies that we all seen collectively as a group, and mm-hmm. um you would never really hear was one of those movies that like maybe like two of us probably saw. And then, like, out of, like, ten of us, only two of us saw. So we had to get movies on there that everyone's seen um, and stuff like that. But as far as for me, my uh, my my packed list for um, uh, honorable mentions, I have Equalizer 2 uh, at number 20. I really enjoyed it. I know a lot of people didn't really enjoy it, but I had a fun time with it. I got Blockers at 19, wow. uh, ne- Never Going <laughs> Back as 18, Thorough- Thoroughbreds at 17. That's Upgrade. a good one. Upgrade at sixteen, Love Simon at fifteen. Uh, this is a Netflix film, but it's probably a, it's a rom it's a rom com. But to all the boys I've loved before, enjoyed oh, it. Yeah. Um, Aquaman is thirteen, had a fun time with it. Summer of eighty four is twelve. Halloween eleven, Ready Player One at ten. 
uh, Black Klansman at nine, Leave No Trace at eight, The Favorite at seven, Bohemian Rhapsody at six, Mission Impossible Fallout at five, Ralph Breaks the Internet at four, Crazy Rich Asians at three, Widows at two, and Infinity War at one. I did not get that to my top ten list. <laughs> it didn't make the cut. But everything else, that's my honorable mentions list. I had a packed list this year. Wow. But, that's um, a good list. That is a we good can, list. Um, we can finally get into our... Uh, we can finally get into our ten to six listing. Um, Tyler, we'll start with you, and then James will go with you, and then I'll go, and then we'll go from right. there. Well, my number ten was the hate you give. I didn't see it. I heard it was really good, though. It was. It was a very emotionally impactful film. I felt at least. I thought uh, Mandela Stenberg did a really great job. Obviously, it's a it's a it's a touchy subject that obviously needs to be touched upon more you know obviously her friend gets fatally killed in a shooting with a police officer right. and stuff like and stuff like that and it's just like dealing with that and the backlash because obviously you know the law doesn't really work out in her favor and there's oh, obviously right. stuff like not not to go too in depth because you said like you said you hadn't seen it before but Mandela Stenberg did a really great job uh, Regina Hall is her mother and Russell Hornsby is like he just did a phenomenal job. I actually, if I had to give anyone like a really great like supporting actor like nomination, he was definitely one of the better supporting actors. And he was actually in Creed too. He was like that random guy that popped up that was trying to book the fight for uh, yeah. Creed. Oh Creed yeah, when he, when, he, when, he antag- when he antagonized him in the club while Tessa Thompson was singing. Yep. Right. Right. But yep, he was yep, in, he he was in Fences as well. But he's he's kind of like. I've I've sporadically seen him in little bits in other movies, but this was like his movie to really shine. But overall, really great movie. Say so that's why it's my number ten. Mm-hmm. Um, and then number nine, um, all the way down to six. Uh, okay. Well, my number nine is a quiet place. A quiet place. Okay. I mean, I just think it was just such a unique idea. I mean, obviously, it's not. I mean, just the whole idea of the fact that like you cannot make like any sound at all. Yeah. Otherwise, something will come and murder you. Like, just the idea of that. And it was such a surreal, not only just, like, an experience watching that film, because since they can't very make very many much uh, sounds in the film, they, obviously, it's a very quiet film where they have to deal with, you know, sign language and skulking around without making a noise or yeah. something will happen. And it's just such a, it was a unique experience just as well in the theater because it was, I think easily by far, that was the quietest theater I've ever been in for a film ever in my <laughs> lifetime because nobody wanted to make a noise. Like even if like you heard someone like, like take, like taking a bite of their popcorn or drink their drink of their soda, it was like, you could hear a pin drop in the theater. That's how quiet it was. <laughs> yeah. I heard that too. Like in a lot of reviews and stuff like that as well. Yeah, but not, I mean, it was just not only just that, but obviously John Krasinski did a really great job, you know, just in all facets, really. And, you know, directing, acting and Emily Blunt, his wife as well, gives a phenomenal performance. Just the crazy idea of the whole fact that like she has to somehow give birth without making noise. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's just a wild one to me. Right. And and number eight, my number eight and my number seven, because I actually did film a whole top ten with all this stuff already for my youtube channel not to plug myself or anything because that's why like i had everything i had i had had everything prepared already like i was good to go but uh these are two the controversial ones because number eight i had hereditary which is Uh another film that's divisive you either you either like it or you don't it's just like it's just the way it is or some people it's okay but the thing is is it's supposed to be 
it's supposed to make you feel uncomfortable. It's not. It's right. one of those movies yeah. that like everybody is upset about. Like it made you how uncomfortable it made you feel and all that. Like, well, that was kind of the point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but so that's why not, I enjoyed it. But yeah, I mean, it made you. It just was a very unsettling film. Tony Collette was a just was spectacular in that role. Right. Not just like it had very many layers and just not. It wasn't just a straight up horror film. It had layers upon it with you know family drama. And her mental illness, you know, her mental illness problems, or are they mental illness? You know, as things go on in the film, it makes you wonder. And actually, the whole family as well. Millie Shapiro did a really great job. Uh, I was it. Nat, is it Nat Wolf? Is it Nat Wolf that was in that one? No, it was Alex. I was say because it's one of the the Naked Brothers Band brothers. Yeah. I just didn't. I just I forget. I get them mixed up because they look so similar. No, it but, was um. Alex Wolf who was. But in yeah, all of them were phenomenal, and all and not only. I mean. It's not a straight-up horror film, and I feel like that's part of why people didn't like it. Same thing with, like, It Comes at Night, because I'm on the side where I didn't like that movie very much. Just But but the way it was marketed, you would have thought it was, like, this crazy, over-the-top horror film based on the trailers. But it's really right. more of a grounded drama with some right. horror elements. And it gets pretty friggin' nuts towards the end of that movie. <laughs> so. Yes, yes, it yeah, does. That's, that's why it's like, yeah, I that that's actually in my list, but it's a little higher up. Yeah, and my number seven, uh, kind of the same way with this, you know, is Suspiria, because that movie is divisive, because it's one of those movies that it's just a little too bonkers at times, which I can understand why, especially the ending of that movie, it just is like, what the hell is going on? Like, what am I watching? <laughs> right. Because it was, it was one of those kind of experiences, even, but even before leading up to it, it was it was creepy, but it also had really great atmosphere, it was probably my favorite overall Dakota Johnson performance because, I mean, she's kind of hit or miss with me as far as, like, acting goes because I'm actually one of the people that don't watch those Fifty Shades movies, so I can't really knock them. That's why they're not in my worst movies of the years list ever because I don't... <laughs> Consider I just yourself have, lucky. <laughs> I just have no desire to ever watch them because everybody's always like, oh, why didn't you include Fifty Shades Freed or Fifty, you know, any other Fifty Shades? Like, I don't watch them. I know they're going to be bad. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's why I didn't bother to go see Possession of Hannah Grace. I'm not doing it to yeah. myself. I thought about watching that, but I was like, nah, I know better. It's going to be boring. I didn't. I didn't know any better. (laughs) But Suspiria was a whole different level of horror. Like, I mean, it was, it was, it was artsy. It was like, I would call it like artsy horror because it was, it was scary, but it was also kind of cool to look at at the same time. Just the way that Luca Guadagnino framed a lot of the shots in that. Cause just like the unsettling angles where you'd like swoop through a room and then zoom in real, real fast on somebody's face and, even the dancing, even the dancing was kind of haunting and chilling in a way. With yeah, them. actually, um, I actually didn't see it, but I wanted to. Um, I just, it was like, it came out of a time where there was so much coming out that I wanted to check out first and stuff like that. But I actually didn't catch that one yet. Well, there's a scene uh, that involves a room with all mirrors and dancing, and it's really messed up. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, what do you have? Let me see. What do you have for number? This is this is your number six now, right? And my yeah, my number six is actually one of the ones I believe that was in your honorable mentions, and it was Mandy. Nice. Oh, Mandy. Yeah, yeah. Nice. I know, I know that's like one of James's like, um really. Um, well, that's one of the movies that he liked this year as well. <laughs> I love that movie. Uh, it was just such, it was another one of those movies that it was just a really wild experience. Because unfortunately, I actually didn't get to see it in theaters initially. Like I watched it all when it came on Blu-ray. It was like Halloween, I believe it came out on Blu-ray. Cause yeah, because yeah, I have it on Blu-ray as well. Yeah, but, but uh, they didn't show it anywhere around here theater-wise. So I couldn't go out to the theater and watch it in the theater. I'm sure 
if I had seen it in the theater, it would have been an even more amazing experience. But unfortunately, I had to watch it at home. Like sometimes the theaters around here aren't like favorable towards the indie or the small indie kind of films. Like like what you said earlier with the favorite, because like the favorite's still not really showing almost anywhere around here, which yeah, is really I unfortunate. Thank God our our downtown theater literally like shows a bunch of the indie movies, so I thank God yeah. for that theater. Um, because if it was like any of the other AMC theaters around us, it wouldn't they we wouldn't have like have exactly. those indie theaters. But we do in Boston. There is a lot of indie theaters to go to that shows all these movies as well. So that's I'm happy for those. Yeah, the Baltimore area only has like one, and it's like not it's not a really good theater overall either. Well, I mean it's a nice experience, like but it's like uh, old. It's a very old theater. So it's yeah, not like up that. to date, yeah. but either way, the Mandy was a really good experience. It was just like, it was just, it was like a visual, it was a better visual experience just because of the way that Panos Cosmatos, like the way he like framed like with the lighting, because like the neon pinks and just the yeah. way it was just unsettling but cool at the same time. And obviously, the story was interesting and Nicolas Cage being Nicolas Cage, but not being like. A bad, bad movie, Nicolas Cage. And Nicolas Cage made a ton of bad movies, probably in the last, I would say in the last, like, ten, like being generous, saying, like, ten years or so, like, nine, right. like, nine out of ten movies, usually you see him in, it's, like, direct-to-video-on-demand or Blu-ray or whatever, and they're usually right. pretty bad. <laughs> but this was, like, a, I felt like this was, like, a return to form for him, because he's having, actually, a really good year, because between this and Into the Spider-Verse... So yeah. I mean, like he's he's having kind of like a career resurgence between these two these couple performances, and it's really it's really impressive that he, you know if you give him the right setting and the right director and the right right you know right story, he actually can pull off some really great performances. And right. it was also I mean it was just a wild movie, not just visually, but really great really great performance from Nicolas Cage, and he's insane, and it's and it's so wonderful in that movie just to watch him just go <laughs> off just go off with this ridiculously crazy acts and and fight yeah. off these people in the movie and and it was like you know obviously there's it's in the trailer the scene where he's fighting the guy with the chainsaw yep <laughs> and i was like it's, this is nuts and yeah, i'm loving it <laughs> i uh i called it um when i first saw it mad max meets an acid trip and oh, I've, yeah. I've, I've called it that since since then it's such a great movie it's just it's bonkers it's there's not a lot of story behind it, so you can just easily follow what's happening. Uh, not for everybody, but uh, definitely. It's almost it's almost like hypnotic though, just the way yeah. that like the lighting and then like the like the cinematography and just it just almost you almost get lost in it sometimes. I mean, more so more so probably in the second half is when it gets really crazy and nuts with Nicolas yeah, Cage definitely. on his re- on on his revenge mission. But the build up to it, I mean, it could be slow to some people, but I actually enjoyed the build up to it. Yeah, right. Totally agree. Um, all right, so James, we have your ten to six. If yes. you, whenever you get, whenever you're ready. Um. Yeah. So my number ten um is a movie that I obviously thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, it was higher up on my list, and then, like most things go, more things came out. Um. If the last 20 minutes of the movie was the only thing that I saw, this movie would be my number one, and that is Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody is, granted, last 20 minutes are powerful and amazing and great, but the movie building up to that moment is beautiful. It tells the story of Freddie Mercury 
beautifully. Uh, Rami Malek gives the performance of his career, I think. Oh, yeah, uh, I agree. And he embodies the role of, of uh, Freddie Mercury. The whole cast is great. Um, whether it was Brian Singer's directing or Dexter Fletcher's uh, directing, it doesn't matter. This movie's fantastic, and everybody should go see it. Uh, number nine. Now, this is a movie that was also on my overlooked um, category, mm-hmm. and that is Searching. Searching, yes. Searching is, again, and I told Dwayne on, um, this is going to be a little bit of a repeat, so I won't get into it too much because we already talked about it on the Overlook. Mm-hmm. This is a uh, this is a movie where I had heard everybody good like gushing about it, and I was like, okay, you know, I don't want it to be overhyped, so I'll check it out. Um, I'm worried that it's going to be overhyped, and within five minutes of sitting down and watching the first five minutes of the movie, I'm like, that's going to be in my top ten, right? No question. <laughs> um, and then you know, just the performance of John Cho. Uh, Deborah Messing, it's a brilliant thriller, um, and the platform that they use to capture the film, uh, where it's this screen life type of movie. Um, yeah. Uh, it, it's just, it's a, a brilliant movie, and I am I love Anish Chaganti now. I want to mm-hmm. see what he does next, Seb Ohanian. I just, I, I, I'm in love with this movie the more and more i think about it and the last the last 20 minutes of the movie had me on the edge of my seat and had chills going up and down my spine and all i can think about is fish and chips (laughs) because that is the scariest handle ever now anytime (laughs) i see fish and chips i i'm I'm gonna cringe it's a great (laughs) movie more people should have watched it more people should enjoy it and more people should experience it it's my number nine. I love this movie. Totally. Oh, yeah. My number eight is a is actually the last movie I saw in 2018, uh, and that is uh, Adam McKay's Vice. <laughs> oh, I didn't see it yet. I was going. I was going to this this weekend, but I ended up seeing The Favorite instead. I thought you were going to be like Holmes and Watson. I was like, that, was, that, was last, that, was, that was the last movie I saw in 2018. Oh, I'm sure it was great. Uh, this movie like... uh, in Vice is uh, both educational and not educational, informative. Informative is the better word. Right. Uh, and terrifying. Terrifying in the sense that um, what this man did for to the country and for the country um, in Dick Cheney uh christian bale completely embodies you want to talk about embodying the role uh he becomes dick cheney um with his voice with his uh appearance um the whole cast is in my opinion they're all great but i think christian bale takes the reins of this movie and just flies with it amy adams is great uh steve carell is great sam rockwell um also gives a near perfect impression of George Bush. Um, it's funny. It's also scary. Um, you you take a peek behind the curtain of what this man did, um, again, for the country and to the country. And, um, and the last scene um, is, is him getting interviewed. And... He goes on, and he, and it's kind of like this Deadpool uh, breaking the fourth wall 
scene where he's talking about, you know, um, why he did what he did and all the things that he did. And I just found it super powerful and Christian Bale should get the recognition that he's been getting. It's, it's a great movie and I can't wait to see it again. Oh, he certainly will get plenty of recognition for oh, it. It's just, and, he, it's like, and he deserves, he deserves it. it. Yeah. yeah. The full transformation just to become Dick Cheney deserves yeah. the recognition he does. I mean, gaining 40 pounds and absolutely, just, but he's one of those actors that can just do that. I don't know how long, I don't know how much longer he's going to do that, be able to do that for. Cause I mean, obviously that takes the toll on your body doing right. that, going up and down and weight and all that. But for now, I, I appreciate Christian Bale for what he yes. does. You and me both. Um, <laughs> my number seven is um, Black Panther. The Black Panther. Black Panther is has, has been uh, stripped away. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a it's a powerful movie. It's right. it's a movie about a, a a a king who almost doesn't feel like he's the right person for the job but he's forced into it right um it's it's very similar to the lion king which is another reason why i love it because lion king is my favorite disney movie ever i don't care what anybody says um (laughs) yeah it's just it's a great character piece um the directing is great ryan coogler did a great job uh you cannot talk about black panther without talking about two people chadwick boseman as t'challa is great he nails the role and but everybody everybody and i i i need to if one person disagrees with me i need to find them (laughs) everybody is overshadowed by michael b jordan true right he is the mcu's best film and he's dead yeah thanos (laughs) thanos is a very 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 close second maybe even tied for one but michael b jordan you you have a villain. You have a character and a villain um, where he's totally evil in his actions and his beliefs, but there's that bit of truth where he's fighting for something. He's not just fighting to be evil. Where it gets to the point where at the very end of the movie, he completely changes the viewpoint of the hero, and that's powerful. Right. I haven't even begun to mention that on top of all of this. On top of the great story, on top of the great um, characters, it's a superhero movie. Yeah, exactly. So you have the blockbuster type of of feel to it, and it's just a fun time at the theater with a powerful, powerful message uh, behind it. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, which I lead, agree. Yeah, which leads me into my number six, mm-hmm. and my number six is a whole bucket load of things it's got heart it's got tragedy it's got emotion it's got despair it's got um you know uh friendship love it's got a great soundtrack the music in it is incredible it's a guy's directorial debut and that's a star is born yes Hmm. agree that's actually in my list as well a Star is Born. Now, I, when I first heard this movie, I okay. So first of all, didn't even know it was the fourth movie, like fourth time making this movie. Didn't know that. Also, it wasn't my kind of movie. I, I don't really like the kind of um, romantic movies. Um, also, it was Bradley Cooper's first movie, and I was like, okay, you got Bradley Cooper 
first directorial debut. Maybe it goes right, maybe it goes wrong. Then you got Lady Gaga, never acted before except American in American Horror Story. She was good in American Horror Story, but like, could she carry a movie? Um, then I saw the first trailer um, that really showed what the movie was going to be about, and I was like, the more and more I saw this trailer, I was like, okay, I'm yeah, I'm probably going to like this. And I saw it, and it blew me away. The opening shot where he's singing uh, in front of a crowd of people just completely locked me in. The relationship um, between Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper is undeniable. You can't. I, I thought for sure, like as soon as they they uh, yelled "cut," that they were actually in a relationship. That's what it made me feel. Uh, the ending. Uh, some people said the the middle of it kind of drags and I agree I, I think that um, it's about 20 minutes too long a little bit should have been cut out but you know whatever um, the beginning delivers the ending delivers the ending is tragic and it is uh, beautiful Sam Elliott is awesome in the movie um, a lot of people are a lot of people are saying that he should get nominated for best uh, supporting actor other people are saying he's just playing Sam Elliott I happen to think that he's really good in the role, and um, and that's what a director's job is, is to enhance the strengths and kind of um, take the actor out of their weaker elements, and that's what he did. That's what Bradley Cooper did. Um, Bradley Cooper should get nominated for Best Director, and he should get nominated for Best Actor. Whether he wins both, we'll have to see. But uh, yeah, A Star is Born is my number six. All right, <clears throat> all right. It's a pretty good list. All right, this is gonna be thank you a good try. good kind of <laughs> listing for the both of for all of us. All right, so my number ten to some to to a surprise of some people, um, I have Bumblebee. I started this movie with a smile on my face, and I ended it with a smile on my face. Tyler and I did the review for it. Um, and we both gushed over it the entire review. I literally one of the movies that I just could not stop smiling throughout the entire like the entire time. I really enjoyed Haley Steinfeld, and I loved their relationship. I just loved the different take taken on this Transformers franchise, and it was for the good because it was really fun, and it made my top ten. And I didn't think it would, but it did. Uh, number nine, I actually have A Star Is Born. Um, same same reasons as with you know with you, um, James. It's just. All the performances were really well done. The all of the emotions was there. Um, as you said, it does get slow a little bit in the middle, but I still enjoyed it a lot. I love Lady Gaga and I love Bradley Cooper. Uh, opening shot is just you know you knew you was into you was gonna get into like a crazy crazy good film, and that's what we got. And it's a really good film, very very fun time in the theaters. Uh, one of the best Dolby Dolby experiences I've had this year was A Star Is Born. Totally um, agree. Number eight, I have eighth grade. Go figure. Um, and <laughs> I, the, <laughs> I really, really, really enjoy this movie. I, I cannot watch it enough. I um, can watch this movie on repeat just because how much it, I can relate to it as far as when I was younger and I, when I was in eighth grade. I feel like that's just the that's just a trend of if you really like this movie, you can relate to it because it, it is for all the introverted 
um, people who were like this when they were younger and had to kind of blend into the social crowd and all that type of stuff. Uh, really, really fun movie. Very, very like a really good opening to Bo Burnham's, you know, directing career. And Elsie Fisher was great. Loved it. Number seven, I have the Black Panther. And once again, James, huge fan of everyone in the movie. Uh, Michael B. Jordan uh, was is my prop, my favorite uh, movie villain of the year. Just so much to enjoy with this movie. The um the action and uh, the characters and the emotion is all there. Really enjoyed it. One of the best MCU films in a while. Um, and then my number six, I have a Quiet Place. Uh, very one another movie that I caught in Adobe Theater. Uh, even though there's no sound, it does has a lot of weight being inside of a Adobe theater of how much, you know, when there is sound, how much it, it triggers the mind, the mindset and all that stuff. Um, Emily Blunt was great. Uh, John Krasinski was also great. I loved all the kids, uh, even though, you know, the one in the beginning who makes the catastrophic decision. But it was so fun. <laughs> um, some of the best monster designs in a movie as well. I really just enjoyed all of it, like the sound design and the sound editing. Just everything in this movie works. Uh, I saw it in a packed theater, and it was just, once again, nobody was speaking, and it was just great. One of my favorite movies of the year. So, yeah. Now we are down. That is my uh, 10 to 6. We are down to our five. To, we'll go from five to two, and then we'll all say our number one. So, Tyler, without further ado, you're five to two. Uh, well, my number five was Mission Impossible Fallout, just yeah. because that, I think that was probably the most fun action movie of the year overall. Right. Now, that's another one that I forgot to mention on my honorable mentions, Mission Impossible yeah, Fallout. that's on my honorable totally mentions agree. as well. Yeah, it was, it was it's, there. It's such a... It's such an exciting action-packed film that keeps your interest that it really is probably... It was probably one of the most easy movie theater experiences I had all year just because, I mean, the movie's like two and a half hours long, but it really doesn't, like, drag ever at all. Like, it actually has a really good pace to it. Like, I was never bored, like, once watching this movie, and that's, like, really impressive to me that this movie could be that long and keep my interest the entire time without, without dragging whatsoever because the story was awesome. I mean... I mean, you kind of have to see, but not really, the last film to understand since the villain returns, but you don't really have to see it. Right, yeah. But but Tom Cruise, I mean, he's insane. So his stunts, for some reason, as he gets older with these films, these almost keep getting better, and the stunts keep getting better. Like, the Halo jump was amazing. Yeah. And not not only just that, but the, the big epic helicopter battle at the end with Henry Cavill with his wonderful mustache <laughs> <laughs> that killed one movie. Yeah. It was like his wonderful mustache. He was really great as well. I mean, yeah. I didn't, I didn't know what to expect because I've seen him be good in films, but like not to that, not, not to that level. Like, I feel like this was probably, I think I like this performance more as August Walker than I did at him as like Superman or, like uh, the man from Uncle, like I think I enjoyed his performance the most overall in this film, yep. but it was just such a fun action-packed film. I just, I mean, like it's too, it's like pure straight popcorn entertainment. Like this is when you think like summer blockbuster popcorn fun. This is like the movie I think of from 2018. Right. Nice. But uh, let's see, number four, obviously another summer big summer blockbuster was Avengers: Infinity War. I mean. It's the culmination of everything that we've been leading up to with the MCU for the last 10 years. And it's, I feel like it definitely delivered on most of our expectations. Because 
It was one of those things going into this. Like, we've been seeing gl- glimpses and bits and pieces of Thanos in some movies for the last six years. And what, it's one of those things in the back of my mind is like, what if all this leads up to a disappointment with Josh Brolin as Thanos? And he really didn't disappoint at all. I thought he did a phenomenal job in the role, not only just obviously motion capture as well, because, I mean, he, Thanos is a full CGI character, but he had to still portray him in the movie and all that. But he's actually one of the most sympathetic villains, and he actually kind of makes some sense yeah. sometimes, which is kind of the weird thing that... Because the movie really does a good job of actually, like, giving his side of the story, and it actually kind of, like, makes sense sometimes, and you're not supposed to... It kind of tries to make you root for Thanos sometimes, and it's a really weird situation. Kind of like with Killmonger and Black Panther, like, you start to sympathize more and like the villain more than the main hero in the story. (laughs) Right. One thing that I loved about Avengers Infinity War, just really quick, is that what Joe and Anthony Russo decided to do was make it Thanos's movie. We've mm-hmm. already had a Captain America. We've already had several Captain America movies. We've already had several Thor movies, Iron Man. We had the hero's story kind of developed. Let's bring in the biggest bad guy ever for this movie and let's make it his movie. I really enjoyed that part of it. So Oh yeah, good I agree. It's a good pick. But I mean, obviously, it was amazing seeing all the different superheroes that we've grown to love and all their different franchises coming together. Although, unfortunately, they didn't all come together at once. They were, you know, kind of scattered throughout most of the movie. But, I mean, that battle on Titan was great, even though it was you know, Star-Lord's and all his fault that he, they ever, you know, everything happened because they almost had the glove off, obviously. I've, been said so I've many argued times. this point so <laughs> many times. I don't blame him fully. Oh, I don't either, but it's just one of those things where it's, like, so close. <laughs> I, I think it's, me personally, I think it's Doctor Strange's fault, but we can go into an hour-long conversation about it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there's, we could literally have a whole video about just Avengers Infinity War stuff. But, I mean, the Battle on Titan was amazing with Thanos and Star-Lord, and understandably what happened, obviously, with Gamora and that, yeah. that situation. Obviously, that was very heartbreaking. And just seeing some of these other characters that, you know, you've grown to love, die is obviously very traumatic yeah. even if you know majority of them that get dusted at the end i mean their majority of them will come back because disney likes money yeah but, we all know what's gonna happen but... <laughs> it was like because it was one of those things where i mean the whole wakanda battle was probably just then probably one of my top 10 movie moments of the entire year just that oh, whole battle agree. that whole battle alone chills Especially the moment with when Thor comes back and Stormbreakers like flying through the whole entire battlefield, and then it's just they they portal the portal opens and it's yeah. freaking Thor and Groot. The Avengers and, theme. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that was like it. one of the moments moments in the theater where I actually like everybody just like cheered because yeah. of how epic it was. The moment that really gets chills in the Battle of Wakanda for me, it's not even like a big pop moment. It's literally watching as um, right after T'Challa says Wakanda forever and the mask comes on and they all run to fight the, as Rocket calls them, space dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the part where they're all running and then Black Panther, it, it's a shot, it follows oh. Captain America and he's sprinting. Yeah, and he's yeah. booking it. I'm yeah, getting chills them. just talking about him. Dude, and I love that watch, scene. And it just, the camera just kind of stops and follows them both. Um, T'Challa and Captain America, and they both jump at the same time. Oh, it's awesome! It gives me chills just thinking about it. And then I, I love seeing like I remember um when I was like when I first saw the movie, uh, seeing that part in IMAX, 
and then and then everybody in the audience just go bonkers when that yep. was happening. Um, that was like I remember like Alex and Christina were next to me and they were just like going crazy when that part was happening. And then of course when Thor shows up and starts and starts and starts beating up people was hilarious and great. Um, and then you just get sad when when the purple guy comes back and he yeah that's the thing is that whole battle everybody's ass that yeah. whole battle at the end Wakanda battle has like every range of emotion because you got like, right. excitement. And you're just the hype is real when all this stuff's going down, and you got like funny quips going on, you know, between you know Steve Rogers and Groot and Rocket and Bucky, and so many different funny quips going on while this is going. And then Thanos shows up, and you know, all hell breaks loose. Everybody starts dying, and then you're feeling like oh, I'm depressed. And he wins. At the, he actually wins. Like he wins at the end of this movie. Very rarely right. do you see a superhero film where the villain wins at the end. Yeah. <laughs> right. So that's gonna be um that's gonna be epic. It's gonna be end game is gonna be epic. Uh, who are we still on? We're still on you, Tyler, right? Yeah, yeah. My my number three is one that's been said a bunch. Of, like uh, pretty much everything's been said about it. So I can't really. I don't want to rant on it for too long. But my number three is a Star is Born. Right. So, nice. And everything can pretty much be said. Everybody that almost everything that's been said has been said already. Bradley Cooper, phenomenal job. You know, not only as an actor, actress, Lady Gaga. I mean, she definitely deserves some award praise for this film for kind of like just stepping out of her comfort zone and acting. And not only just comfort zone as, you know, in the acting category, but also just visually. Like, she didn't really look like Lady Gaga, like, at all in the film. Right, right. Sam Sam Elliott did a phenomenal job. I hope, I mean, just that scene with him and Bradley Cooper in the car. Yes. Heartbreaking just to think about again. And yep. Bradley Cooper is, I mean, Bradley Cooper deserves a lot more credit than I think he'll get just because like he had just embodied the role of Jackson Maine to me. Yeah. But, but I mean, I listen to that soundtrack pretty much like every day. It's, it's at least, at least one or two of the songs. Cause that soundtrack is just amazing. Like not like the highs and lows. I mean, there's, there's happy songs and sad songs in that soundtrack. So like whatever, whatever mood I'm feeling that day, I'll listen to like whatever songs. Like if I'm, if I'm if I want to be sad, I'll sing like I'll never love again. But if I'm that gonna... song brings tears to my eyes every time <laughs> but, I listen to but it. But if I'm but if I'm gonna be really if I'm in a really happy mood, I'm gonna listen to like Why did you do that? Because that song is so dumb and monotonous, but it's a blast <laughs> to listen to. But, uh, <laughs> I was like, that's because everybody's like oh, talking about like oh shallow and remember us this way and I'll never love again. Like Why did you do that? That song is great. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um... I enjoyed the Star is Born a lot. That's why it was my number three. And then you had, and then, and then your number two, real quick. Oh, my number two was Roma. Oh, Roma! I actually caught that the other day as well. I haven't seen it. I keep yeah. seeing it on Netflix. I'm gonna have to check it out now because it's on everybody's top ten. Yes, yeah, no excuse now. It's on Netflix. I know. I, that was that was another movie that I couldn't see in the theater anywhere because. It was one of those movies that only really hit major theaters, like in like the big areas that counted, like New York, Los Angeles. Yeah, I caught that on Netflix as well. So I but, was glad I did yeah. too. It was actually one of my honorable mentions, though. It didn't make my top ten. I just had a lot. Of, it, it was one of those movies that was like, I could see why some people wouldn't like it because it is slow. You know, it does it does take a while to get going, but like it's right. one of those like heartfelt kind of films i just really enjoyed and i mean it's like two and a half hours and i can see why it's not, it's not for every like i think it's like two hours or something like that but it's a it's it's 
it kind of drags. I can see why, but I think Alfonso Cuarón did a really great job crafting this story and like the this Mexico Mexico City in the early 1970s. I think he, I mean, I think he pulled from his own personal experiences. That's why it it felt it feels very personal. It's like a very personal right. story. It's very experimental storytelling as well, just because I mean it's in black and white, and you know it's it's in Spanish, so you know there are obviously going to be some disconnect because people don't, you know, not everybody likes to read subtitles, unfortunately. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but sure. not only that, but I mean that the main actress in the movie as well. I mean Yalitza Aprecio, I believe that's her name. Never mm-hmm. acted before ever in her life. And her first role is this movie in Roma, and she gives and she just knocks it out of the park. I don't yeah, understand. she was really good. I agree. Never acted before though. <laughs> yeah, I know. And she was really, she was really, really nice to watch. Um, okay, uh, J- James, you can go with your uh, six to two. Nice. Uh, my number five. Um, speaking on the topic of directorial debuts. Um, this one is a horror movie. Now, I don't know if you remember uh, last year, because sometimes I have a hard time remembering five minutes ago. Um, but <laughs> last year, um, we all heard that Jordan Peele was going to make a horror movie. I got five. Sorry. And, 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 <laughs> I've, I've been thinking uh, about that a lot, too. I cannot. Before you start, I, I cannot yeah. wait for that movie. Like, Same. I, that trailer I, terrified me, dude. I first watched it, and I remember I was like in the in our in our group chat. And, <clears throat> sorry, and I was like, "Oh, it looks okay." And then I kept watching it and watching it and watching it. And I'm like, "Yo, there's this is gonna be something special." I feel like like this is just gonna yeah. be another hit from him. There's there's and a lot of subtle imagery. There like, is a lot of, yeah. in the in the trailer. If you go frame by frame, dude, it's like, oh, and there's so much creepy. to like. There's so much to just digest. Within just the trailer, and I'm like, damn, this is gonna be a lot. I can already see myself opening night, just like, well, what the fuck is that? What is yep. that? Oh shit, yep. it's just gonna be. Crazy. <laughs> I agree. Well, go ahead. So, James. so like I was saying, we all we all heard that last year Jordan Peele was gonna make a horror movie, and we're like, Jordan Jordan Peele, right? The comedy guy from Key and Peele. Who's that guy? <laughs> like he's gonna make a horror movie, and it turned out, and he made Get Out. And what does Get Out do? It crushes. It gets nominated for Best Picture. It gets nominated for Best Director. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya gets nominated for uh, Academy Award. It just completely knocked everybody's socks off. Similar vein to this year. Uh, came out in February, just like Get Out. Uh, or did it come out in February? It came out in the beginning of the year. Yeah. Like um, and... We all heard that John Krasinski was thinking about writing and directing a horror movie. And we're like, Jim from The Office? He's going to make a horror movie? And we're all like, yeah, I guess he is. Okay, let's go see how it is. And it turns out that it's my number five, uh, top ten best uh, movies of 2018. A Quiet Place is just a phenomenal movie uh, overall. Um, Not only is it a horror movie, but it's a family drama um, the first five minutes just just have you completely locked in uh, because of a particular thing that happens to one of the characters. Um, and you just sit there for the entire movie and you're like, oh, my God, if I breathe, I die in this theater. <laughs> um, Pretty much. <laughs> again, Emily Blunt, like Tyler said, gives the performance uh, – one of the female performances of the year, in my opinion, having to give birth. Ha- okay, not only hold on, not only <laughs> Silent, silently, 
Yeah, not only has to give birth silently while a monster's right outside the door, she also steps on a nail right oh, yeah. beforehand. That was gruesome, too. Has to hide in a basement while a monster's walking around, sets an alarm clock to distract it so it can run, she can run back up the stairs with a nail puncture in her foot, walks up the stairs, walks up actually two flights of stairs, gets into a bathtub, and and then has to give birth, birth silently again while a monster's in the in the uh, doorway. It's a great movie. Um, John Krasinski gives the performance of of his lifetime as both an actor and a director. Right. Um, the two kids are great: Noah Jupe and Millicent Simmons, who's uh, actually deaf and uh, she just she crushes it. Um, it's got a lot more heart than I thought it would be. Uh, I yeah. thought it was just going to be a horror movie uh, from start to finish, and but it actually you care about these people, you care about the the, the struggles that they're going through. Um, the acting's great, the horror elements are great. Some of the jump scares, uh, there are some jump scares in this movie, but they're never um, cliched. Yeah. Um, it's just it's an all around great movie. Um, However, it is, you know, not not the best horror movie, in my opinion. Um, one of the fascinating things about A Quiet Place, though, I've always found it fascinating, because it was one of those things that people speculated about, even back then, was that it was almost a Cloverfield movie. Yeah. <laughs> Seems oh, to be I a common that, trend. Because yeah. they pitched it, because they pitched it, because it's Paramount, and obviously Paramount does Cloverfield, and they like to just take movies, pre-existing movies, you know, slap some scenes in it, and say it's a Cloverfield movie. And the monsters, when they appear, it was like... That looks like something from Cloverfield. Yep. Because yep, <laughs> they, 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 they tried to pitch the idea of it as a Cloverfield movie, and Paramount Pictures said no. But which, I mean, well, I guess in the retrospect was a smart idea, because I almost wonder if they had agreed to it, would it still have that level of praise if it was like, uh, instead of a quiet place, it was like Cloverfield, like whatever title, you know? So what, <laughs> yeah. Cloverfield, don't speak or something. Yeah, Clo- like so, Clover, Clover, Cloverfield, like silence is golden yeah. or silence is lethal. Silence, <laughs> silent, yeah, like some lame title like that. Cause, uh, silent but deadly. Because yeah. I haven't seen your top 10 worst list yet, but uh, at least on my top 10 worst, I did. Uh, oh, Cloverfield, Clo- Clo- Cloverfield, yeah. Cloverfield Paradox is on mine. It's on mine the, too. It was hard. I mean, that came out around the same time, except for that came out straight to Netflix right after the Super Bowl. Right. So, so I was what I always have been curious about that. If it actually had gone through with that plan that the writers wanted and try to pitch it as a Cloverfield movie, would it have would it have would it have been as good or would it have, you know, makes you wonder. Totally All right. agree. <clears throat> All um, right, James, what do you got? Like, uh, you got I got four, three, and two next, yep. obviously, as the number line goes. Um, my number my number four is um, another directorial debut. Yeah. Um, well, feature-length directorial debut. Um, this movie I actually saw, I had the pleasure of seeing this on my actual birthday. Um, nice. Yeah. And uh, it's probably the most scarring birthday gift I've ever done <laughs> for myself. Uh, it's Ari Aster's Hereditary. What, yes. a, what, a, what a great birthday gift, yeah, yeah now, right? now that you and, mention it. <laughs> and uh, this, is, this is a movie that, from the, even from the trailer, 
I was just like, I have no idea what this movie is or is about, but I want to see it, and I want to see it now. <laughs> um, Tony Collette is hands down. I said Emily Blunt was one of the best perform- female performances of the year. Tony Collette is the best performance of the year. Um, I don't care what anybody says. I don't care who the who the um, you know Lady Gaga, Emily Blunt, Glenn Close, Nicole Kidman. I don't know. It's Tony Collette, uh, and I'd be willing to debate this with almost anybody. Um, she she scarred me for life with that. Yeah. Some of the scenes in that movie, like the uh, one where she's in the corner and the, like he yeah. don't notice it for a second. Like I still I still have haunting nightmares about that scene. <laughs> Looking Absolutely. in my looking in my corners of my my room at night, and making sure no, <laughs> making sure nobody's up there. <laughs> it's again just like a quiet place. It's not only a horror film, but it's a family drama. Uh, I think the family drama in this is a lot more terrifying because this is this is a movie that's more inter- internal horror, whereas a quiet place is more external horror. The family in a quiet place, though they are traumatized by the, the by the horrors that are outside the world. Um, they are still stable amongst one another. They are tight-knit. This family, I felt like they were ready to kill each other at any moment. Um, and that really unsettled me. The dinner scene where Tony Collette goes off for the first time sent chills down my spine. The car scene, uh, heading back home. Um, the, the, 20 minute, the 20 minutes at the end. All of it. Oh, that was nuts. Uh, just sent me, uh, kept me at the edge of my seat. Now, I saw it on my birthday at a drive-in. Um, so so we're in the middle of the woods watching this horror fest appear in front of our eyes. And I was, I was sitting in my car like, oh, my God, what is happening? The people <laughs> I was with were shaking. Um, everybody was like, what the fuck was that? Like, we're all whispering to one another after, um, the car ride home scene after the party, after that scene happens and what, what transpired, I won't spoil it because people need to see this movie completely open, uh, open-minded and completely blank. Uh, we saw about four or five cars turn on their engines and drive off. They didn't even stay for the rest of the movie. They were like, nope, can't do it. <laughs> Gave up. Uh, and it's it's just, it's a great, great movie. Um, it's so divisive, which makes me sad. But again, subjectivity of the art of film. I think Ari Aster does, did a great job with this horror movie. And I think um, that whatever his next project is, I will be uh, front row for or first in line. Cannot wait. I think, I, I mean, I, I, there's not like too many details about his next movie, but I've heard it's going to be pretty good. It comes yeah. out, it comes out uh, August, I think. It has, yeah, uh, it has, it's untitled though. I haven't, I don't yeah. know, so I don't know. I just know, on. I just know Jack Rayner's in it. Uh, I mean, Is if you don't one? know who Jack, Jack Rayner, he was in Free Fire and yep. uh, Sing Street and, couple other movies like you know he's like he's not really he's like he's in a lot of well-known movies but he's he's like one of those guys like you know who he is but like you can't remember like get you place him and will poulter's in it will poulter yep and uh obviously depending on i don't know if you guys have watched it yet but right now he is well known for being in uh black mirror bandersnatch (laughs) 
Oh, choose I haven't watched it yet, but I heard Choose your own really adventure, good. Black Mirror episode. I heard it's really good. I haven't watched yeah. it yet, though. Yeah, I haven't seen it either. It, it depends on your actions. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I know it's one of those choice. The well, choice. No, I know like, everyone's like, like talking mm. about it. I, I'm excited to see it, though. Yeah, it's like well, it's like it's it's good or bad. It's really it really depends on you. <laughs> oh, it's all your fault, regardless. <laughs> no, I heard it's really good though. I can't wait to see it. Um, James, is that was that your God? I'm losing some. So no, sorry. I got I got three and two left. Okay. So my number three, um, my number three. So Black Panther was on my list, obviously, um, at my number seven spot, and. I, I thought long and hard about what the best comic book movie of the year was um, to put in my number three spot. And it was between, obviously, Black Panther, Avengers Infinity War, and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And I thought long and hard, and I had to go with the decision of making Avengers Infinity War... An honorable mention. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is my number three. This movie's incredible. Mm-hmm. From start to finish. Yeah, it really was, yep. It's fun. It's entertaining. It's funny. It just... It, it was everything that I wanted this movie to be. Um, what they decide to do with Peter Parker... Um, in making him... They, they took a character that we've all known and loved and grown up with and they found a way to make him a completely different character uh, or or a new spin on the character um i think that shameek moore as miles morales is super fun uh and and great in the role um it's just a fun time at the theater i think that Lee, uh, Lee Schreiber as Kingpin is great. The action's fantastic. The two standouts, in my opinion, are Nicolas Cage as Spider-Man Noir. <laughs> yes. And uh, John Mulaney as Spider-Ham. Um, it, I've never... I, I don't think I've laughed harder <laughs> in the theater. It uh, can get weirder. Yeah. Then <laughs> Do animals talk in this, in this dimension? Because I don't want to freak them out. Uh, I love this movie so much. I love the different twists that they take on certain characters. Um, every everything. It, it is a damn near perfect movie, and the animation style just enhances the movie. I thought it was going to be distracting. Turns out it's not. It's just an overall fantastic movie, and I'm super stoked that it's on my list, and right. I can't wait to see it again. Um, and and my number my number two. Now, um, this may surprise both of you because I have yet to hear it on any list ever uh, this year. Is it Holmes and Watson? It is not. It is not. You know that came close, but uh, that might be on a different list. And that's the that's the top ten movies that I haven't seen this year. Um, so that this movie is a movie I saw in October. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw it with with some people um, that I that I really enjoy seeing movies with. Um, it has some people that I had that I had heard about uh, that that are obviously well known, 
and have people that I had no idea existed. It's kind of a thriller, um, you know, and it and it takes kind of a a, a style. It pays homage to a, a style in the past. Um, and I I raved about this movie uh, from the first time I heard about it. Um, Dwayne, I don't know if you know what it is. It's Bad Times at the El Royale. No, I haven't. I have actually missed that movie this year. I really liked it. I just felt. I mean, I I just I just feel like it was very overlooked, unfortunately. Yeah, I, it's, I, I know it's on Alex's list as well, but I actually missed that. Yeah, Bad Times at the El Royale. I just at this movie just hit. It was it was for the longest time. It was um it was my number one spot. Yeah. And then I saw another movie that dethroned it, but still Bad Times of the El Royale just it was everything that I wanted the movie. It it's what I love about film. Um from a storytelling perspective, from an uh, uh a character perspective, from a dialogue perspective, just the cinematography of it, Drew Goddard's directing of it is just great. Um Chris Hemsworth is a standout in the movie as the villain. Yeah, I was I was really surprised by his performance actually. It's as the, yeah, as the as the kind of like Charles Manson type character. Yes. Um, another standout, and I mean, you got Jeff Bridges, uh, John Hamm, Dakota Johnson, right. Caleb Spaney, um, but but two other standouts that I and they're all great in the movie, but two standouts that I have are um lewis pullman uh who plays um miles who's kind of like the the uh um hotel operator um who kind of runs everything he's the last employee of the el royale uh, he was also in Strangers Pray at Night and I think he was the best part of that movie too um, I just I just know him as Bill Pullman's kid <laughs> yeah yeah because he's, he's the president from Independence Day's son <laughs> yep yep and uh, uh, they but look again I, I think he's um he's the best part of Strangers Pray at Night which is also on a different list uh, which we talked oh, yeah. about a little bit um, but and Cynthia Revo. She is she's a star. She's, she's incredible. I, I remember I said in my review for uh, in Bad Times El Royale, because Widows hadn't came out yet, that mm-hmm. I, I'm really looking forward to her and Widows, and she was really great Widows as well, because I mean yeah. I, I figured she was going to be an upcoming star, like you said, because she's done a great job in both films. Yeah, right, yeah I heard she was good in that. I heard she was good in Bad Times. I loved her in Widows, though. Yeah. Yeah, she's... The whole movie, uh, I, I love... See, I love. Uh, I I kind of think this is the the hateful eight done better, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, that's the uh, thing. I remember I was saying I said that uh, back when I saw it. It was, it, remind, it felt like a an extra or like a light version of a ten, Quentin Tarantino film. Just the way yeah. it was struck, just the way with the way it was structured and like the cat, like the the very well known cast. It just felt very much like in tune with a Quentin Tarantino film with just the yes. way the, all the different stories weaved in and out of each other and then all came together at the end. And like the vantage point type of style of yes. there's a particular scene where 
um, a certain event happens and it's different perspectives kind of going back and forth. Yeah, I, I think that it and it does a great job at telling each person's backstory in just a couple different scenes. Um, yeah, I just I and the last 20 minutes of the movie are just some I just I'm hooked and I'm riveted. And every time I um, I kind of watch this movie, um, that's the part that is my favorite. Um, yeah, I just, I, I love this movie and it was so close to being my number one, but, uh, there was just one other movie this year that I thought was the, uh, the, the King of the Hill. All right. So, um, let me, uh, say mine five to two. Um, I'll go quick since we all got our number ones to go through and stuff like that. But my number five favorite movie of the year is, uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Uh, same reason as to why you liked it, James. Really, 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 really enjoyed it. Uh, I thought I, I just what's one of my favorite Spider-Man films, uh, and it's also one of my favorite um, comic book film. Actually, it's my favorite comic book film of the year. Really same. enjoyed, really enjoyed every single aspect of it. Didn't like not one part. Very, very fun film. Number four, I have Creed two. Uh, it's just. Wow. I, I was very, 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 I very, very enjoyed this movie. I I really, really enjoyed this movie. I loved Michael B. Jordan. I loved uh, Tessa Thompson. Was also really good in this film and um all the aspects of it. I really enjoyed. I loved the last scene. Uh, there's a part. There's like a, a spot where Tessa Thompson is singing in the last section of the movie, and I really enjoyed that. Yes. Um, that was, just, that, that just, caught me off. That caught me off guard. Yeah, <laughs> when, I just thought like. It. I vibe with that scene so like especially I saw in Adobe Theater and then that scene with Adobe was just incredible. Um so that I I was just a really really big fan of this movie. All the emotional weight and aspects of it I really thought clicked. Uh number 3, I have Green Book. Uh loved Green Book, really really enjoyed it. Mahershala Ali and um Viggo Mortensen had some of the had some of the best chemistry of the year. Um, I enjoyed, I just enjoyed all the aspects of it and the, um, the story behind it. And I just love their chemistry and I really, really enjoyed Linda Cardellini in that movie as well. Uh, and then number two, this was actually my favorite movie of the year until I saw another movie, but, uh, my number two is Hereditary. Uh, the more I think about Hereditary, the more I enjoy it and the more it really sticks out to me. I think it's one of the most original horror, horror movies of the year as well as all time. Um, I really just enjoy Toni Collette as well. I think she is one of her, it was like the best performance of the year as, as far as actress goes. Um, it was just great. And I just, the last 20 minutes, I've never been so shook in a movie uh, in a <laughs> long time. The last 20 minutes of that movie where it's just, you're following Alex Wolf and what's going on with him in the house and stuff like that. Um, yeah, Hereditary was our number two. So now we have our number ones, uh, Tyler, you start us off. Say your number one, my good man. Okie doke. Well, it's already been said uh, previously a little, little bit ago, but my number one actually was Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I, I am a little biased as a Spider-Man fan, but I, yeah, overall, I overall, I mean, I'm like a huge Spider-Man fan. It's kind of ridiculous sometimes, but I, I just really connected with this, not just as a huge Spider-Man fan, but the film, like it's been said previously, it had a lot of heart. I mean, the animation itself is, is yeah, right. phenom it's phenomenal. It's, you know, yeah. very unique. It's like the most close to a actual comic book coming to life, in my opinion, that I've yeah, seen I heard, on um, screen to date. I heard Sony's trying to patent it. 
they're trying well, to like well, yeah. that's, that's yeah but that's sony for you i mean honestly yeah. unfortunately because i mean because sony's i mean they've already even before the film came out they were they were like we got a sequel plan and then an all-female spinoff plan and we're gonna right. work and we're gonna work on a spider-ham movie and it's like <laughs> it's like oh my god just let me see the actual movie first before giving me 500 options <laughs> you know like i mean you knew this was gonna happen when sony oh, heard yeah. that so when Sony heard that everyone liked it, oh my god, 90? Guys, yeah. we got well, a 90! 90% with, of Rotten Tomatoes! Even with this Venom, has never happened before. <laughs> people, a lot of people don't like Venom, but it made like it made 800, money. Mil, it like, $800 million or whatever. <laughs> you can just imagine. Like, Guys, right. 80 million opening weekend, they love it! <laughs> yes! Let's make a thousand. Sony is, they're the most like greediest company. Like them and Universal are just so like... Like they just love their their franchises. Well, and Universal. Stuff. I mean, they they just like stunk it up this last month of the year between <laughs> well, Mortal did. Mortal Engines losing like, hundred like, hundred twenty million plus, and then Welcome to Marwood was a was just well, hor- really bad. That I'm lost more, like fifty million. I'm, I'm more like the. Do you remember like when those like when Fast and Furious was like really at its peak? Like Universal, they were announcing like film. They were like a Paul Walker. I don't know if you guys remember. They were like a Paul Walker standalone film, Vin Diesel standalone film. Yeah. Uh, they wanted to go in space with those bastards and everything. And I was just like, God, <laughs> I'm still, man. I'm still looking. I'm expecting them to go to space at some point. Yeah, they it's will. Gonna, it's bound to happen eventually, at least. They once. will. And then, and oh, then yeah, it's no gonna question. like. And and then and then they're gonna like cross over with Mortal Engines, and then you're gonna see all the Fast and Furious with like. If they're gonna cross over <laughs> with any ridiculous franchise that Universal has, it's gonna be Jurassic Park. Yeah, you know it's all that. <laughs> but yeah, if, if I, when I think about. of when I think of Universal, I think what kind of ridic- ridiculous thing property do they own that they could right. merge, and it would be Jurassic Park. Like <laughs> The Rock's gonna like punch a dinosaur and right. do some crazy stuff. But anyway, back to Into the Spider Verse. Like I said. You know, animation style, very unique, very spectacular, closest comic book screen. Uh, it was really nice seeing Miles Morales be, uh, actually right. getting a, a whole story to himself. Well, not to himself, because obviously there's many spider people, because it's not mm-hmm. just men, it's women as well. But all of the different spider people from the different Spider-Verses all were really well fleshed out, because you got Peter Parker, well, t- two Peter Parkers. One, obviously, is Jake Johnson. The other one is Chris Pine, which I don't know if a lot of people realize that it's Chris Pine vo- that voiced the first one, which is kind of wild. And obviously, Haley Steinfeld's Spider-Gwen, she was great. She did a really yeah. great job, not just in this, but in Bumblebee. So it was a really great time, time of year for her, or do it, you know, being in these two blockbuster great hits at the movie theater going on at the same time. Yeah, I agree. And like you said, with Maharshala Ali, who's, you know, he voices, well, the Prowler. That was one of the things that, uh, in the movie, I mean, it didn't it didn't hit with me as much just being a huge Spider-Man fan, that whole, you know, plot twist about his uncle is the Prowler, his uncle was the Prowler, because like, I knew that, so it didn't hit me. It didn't hit me as much as it would have probably someone else that didn't know that going in, that his uncle right. was that bad guy, but it's because it's like, I know that Miles' uncle is the Prowler, because that's set in the comics. But it was still emotional, just the way it was set up. And Kingpin was a really great villain. It's been a really great year for Kingpin as a whole in media. Yeah, that's what it was up until. Well, yeah, but but, I mean, overall, between this and Netflix, I mean, it's been a good year overall for to be Kingpin. Right. Although, although the one thing that bothered me is just how weirdly shaped he was. But I get what it was a comic book, so that's what they're kind of going for. Yeah, big. I was like, why is he so damn big? he He was shaped. He was shaped like a cube. Yeah, literally. <laughs> and then when they, like, with an then like a, 
Yeah, with like a circle <laughs> head. I was like, what the hell? But um, all right. Um, James, you're up. All right. So um, this. So again, like I said, Bad Times of the El Royale was my number one until this movie came along. Um, I thought I saw this movie one time, and it really kind of. I enjoyed it watching it and then over time just kind of thought about it more and more and it really kind of resonated with me. It hit, it hit me on all sorts of different levels. Um, and it's a movie that kind of, um, given the current climate that we are in, in the world today, um, kind of really, it's poetic, um, in the fact that it's come out this year. Uh, my number one movie of 2018, no other movie this year has better encapsulated the year than Green Book. Uh-huh. Um, this movie is beautiful uh, from start to finish. Um, you go into the uh, the story elements of it uh, is pretty much a, a at, at its bare bones is a white man takes a black man uh, across the South to uh, have this uh, gentleman play music. Right. Um, but it goes so much deeper than that. Um, it's uh, Mahershala Ali and Viggo Mortensen, again, like you said, Dwayne, have the best chemistry of the year. Um, I think they give both of the, I think both of them give the performances of their career. Um, I, I, Linda Cardellini's great. Sebastian Maniscalco's great. Um, you know, everybody in the movie is fantastic, and and it's a beautifully told story. Peter Farrelly should also get an uh, Oscar nomination for best director. Um, this should get a nomination for best picture. I think it should win best picture. Um. I think it should win actually all the all the awards, um, all the awards, all of them. Just <laughs> um, that would shock but, the that would shock the Academy if the Green yeah. Green Book Green Book sweeps the Academy Awards. The Star right. is Born wins nothing. <laughs> um, <laughs> this movie and there's one line in the movie that really it, it, it's in the trailer too, but it really um, hit me on, on a on a very emotional level. It's um, she. Uh, it's the scene where they uh, Viggo Mortensen and Mahershala Ali are outside of the car in the rain, and Mahershala Ali says, "So if I'm not white enough and I'm not black enough, then tell me, Tony, what am I?" Oh, that's like one of my favorite parts of the trailer and the movie. I love that, like the way he though his his like. The emotion in his voice when he says yeah. that line just hits me right to the core. Like, yeah. He's like he's like crying, and I'm like, yep. damn it, that hurts. And it's a beautiful moment because of the situation that he's in. Yeah. He's an African-American man who, in the 60s, was yeah. racially profiled by the South. So he's judged because of the color of his skin— so he can't be he can't have the same rights as a uh, 60s uh, as a white man in the 60s, but also he's got the education of of uh, of what a, a white person would have in the in that time, 
and he's got you know the style the the um you know he's living the lifestyle of what a um white person would live in the 60s so um the the other african american people are judging him so he's in this tough situation and then you ha- but then he's met with a guy who's of a different uh race who looks at him and is just like, ah, you're a human being. Who gives a fuck? Like, mm-hmm. it's just, and and he's non-judgmental, uh, Viggo Mortensen's character. I mean, he's judgmental, but, like, not in the way that the people in the South were. He's like, ah, who gives a fuck? Like, you're, you're who you are. I am who I am. Don't break my balls. We'll be good. You know, it, it it's such a beautiful, and, and Mahershala Ali's character, who's such in a, in a tough position, he's in a, he's in between a rock and a hard place. It's just, and their friendship that, that kind of blossoms throughout the movie. It's just, it's a beautiful story. And I've, I loved it from start to finish. Um, I can't say enough good things about this movie. It's fantastic. It's my number one. Oh yeah, I agree. Mahar Salah Ali is a really great actor. I mean, I've yeah, liked him he's for, great. I've liked him for yeah. many years, Bless even you. before all the other stuff, just because like I liked him a lot on House of Cards, and he was in Predators, and obviously he's great in Moonlight, and now he's now he's in this, and obviously into the Spider Verse. So, yep. well, I mean, he got lucky that Alita Battle Angel got pushed to next year. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise we could have been like, eh, not so much about that one, but it's next year. So right yeah, they were. Um, <laughs> as far as that movie, they're very, they're very, they were very smart for moving because we all saw what happened in the box office um, last week as far as those movies. Oh well, yeah, that but, movie would have made that movie would have made like five bucks. Yeah, no, it's seriously. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, to cap off the uh, show, my number one movie still, uh, since when I saw it in the summer, um, this might not be a surprise to a lot of people by how much I raved for it, but my number one movie of the year is Searching. Knew it. I, what, there's not, <laughs> there's, like I said earlier in our, our most overlooked show, there was not a movie that had me at the edge of my seat um, it, since this movie. And it's like uh, the one closest to that was Hereditary and then Infinity War with, with, you know, we were all wondering how that was going to end and stuff. But Searching kept me like it was riveting for me um, throughout the entire watch. And I can watch I watch that still and get like riveted by it and get like emotional as far as like when they when 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 everything happens and all that stuff and how it goes about. It's like one of the best twists. I've seen in a movie because yep. it's so foreshadowed, but you don't realize it until you watch it again how foreshadowed it is. Um, but I, John Cho was amazing. Everything was amazing. It's a movie that's gonna give you. It's gonna make you have. Um, it's gonna make you teary eyed. It's gonna make you um, excited. It's gonna make you mad and angry by the end. But you know until you figure it all out yourself and you're going on this emotional ride with John Cho and stuff like that. One of my favorite movies and then watching all of these special features and talking to the uh talking to one of the writers really um became it became it just became one of my most loved movies of the year and it, it never it, it was never even going to be touched by no matter what I've seen this year just by how much I loved it. So that is my number one is searching. But great list everyone. The great nice. list. That was um, great. Tyler, thanks for coming on. James, thanks for coming on. Of course. Uh, I am no problem. To, I am about to go rest in peace in my bed. I <laughs> get over this sickness, but I'm glad we were all able to, to do it. 
Uh, everyone, everyone, uh, let's hope for a speedy recovery for both Jared and Alex, who are supposed to who are supposed to be on the show, but they were they're really sick. So let's get there. Let's you know get some good prayers for them to just like get better in the new year. And all right, guys, that is the end of the show. Thank you guys for joining us once again. Uh, Tyler, I will put all your social media links in the link below. And James, I will do the same for your Twitter. And then, yeah. Perfect. All right. Nice. Um, all right, guys. We will talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Yeah,